0: Hi, I'm Justin King and welcome to the Blue Chip Academy. As a five-star recruit, all Big Ten corner, NFL vet, and Power 5 recruiting coordinator, I understand the emotions that go along with the recruiting process. The Blue Chip Academy is here to provide education, critical insights, and mentorship through the recruiting process for families and athletes alike. When athletes and their families have proper education and guidance, they're able to make better decisions and set themselves up for long-term success. Blue Chip Academy provides the resources and information that empowers athletes to create their own blue chip blueprint and take ownership of their careers. Blue Chip Academy exists because when athletes and their families are armed with the right information, they're able to make the decisions for themselves that positively impact their future. Again, I'll be your host, Justin King, and welcome to Blue Chip Academy. Welcome back to Blue Chip Academy, episode three. When should my kid expect their first offer? Previous episode, we talked a little bit about LIG Sports Group and the different services that we provide and the critical points of the football ecosystem from high school, college transition and transitions for for coaches and uh, athletic departments, sports leagues that fall under that umbrella of the football ecosystem, ancillary businesses. Um, but today we're going to get into talking about some of the pain points that happen in the recruiting process for our guys and going through it in high school, parents trying to navigate the space, um, giving their kids the best opportunity to get in front of coaches and recruiting services and the many things that are thrown at you to try to get you um you know, that free education in college, which goes a long way. Uh, so when we dive into this, you know, when you think about getting an offer, like a lot of times when I hear athletes or football players and parents talk about getting an offer, it's like very externally focused. Like, uh, how would I do this? Or what can I, how I get their attention? How can I do, you know, it's all about what's going on around that person has an offer. He did this. That person's ranking this. Well, they're only doing this because of the star ranking. And and just that way of thinking, you know what I mean? Because it's already built in, right? You're trying to get an offer. You're, you're auditioning. <laughs> there's, there's a lot at stake. And I could definitely understand being you know, externally focused and looking at the landscape and where you fit to try to fit in. Like, when's the offer coming? Who's going to offer? How is it going to come? Like, what put myself in the best position. I always had a trick. Going into the recruiting process just to remember, you know, always remember that you have four years to pick one school. So it's a little slight uh, mentality shift when you're going into the process instead of, you know, trying to look like for the offer. You're kind of focusing, you know, on yourself and looking at schools is almost like if they're interviewing for you. So with that, that, you know, helps the mindset helps you focus on your craft. So like at that point, you know, naturally schools that are doing their jobs. And, you know, as we talk about different things and putting yourself uh, in front of coaches and how to go through the camp circuit, how to perform on the field, like those different things obviously lend well to getting your first scholarship offer. But understanding that you get to, you get to pick one school. It takes a little bit of the pressure off of accumulating offers, trying to get you know, feeling like the, the clock's ticking for you and when it's going to come and when it's too late and all those different uh, things that just kind of like, cripple your confidence um, when trying to get it off. Or make sure that your grades are on point. That's always the first hiccup. You know, whenever I saw a player, and I wouldn't bring them to Coach Franklin or any defensive coach if I didn't have a grade point average. So just make sure, you know, your transcripts are tight. You know, that always the first barrier of entry of getting an offer, but let's get into it first. Remember, like we said, four years of pick one school, that mindset helps you focus on your craft that will bring you offers. So when I say that, you know, if you're a corner, if you're running back, understand that you need to be focusing on being the starter on your team, how you're performing on the field. You know, can you follow instructions from the coach? Are you making plays on the field before you're worrying about, you know, where is the offer coming from or is this coach seeing me or is this coach pumping me? Is this, is this, is this publication writing about me? There's a lot of things that are going on and I know there's a lot more distractions than I had when I was coming out of high school with Twitter and all those different things. And I see it when, you know, when your friends get an offer, like when I was coming out and I got an offer, you know, it had to be in the paper. Um, a lot of people didn't know, you know, my freshman year, I had three offers or whatever the case may be, but now you get to see everybody around you around the country. Um, receiving this offer. And I can just stress guys out and like focus their attention on the wrong things. And like, instead of evaluating schools, now you're just trying to accumulate offers, jump in front of people and not really honing in on your craft to be ready to when you make that transition and get in school and live up to that ranking or bring your side of the, to the offer. Like they're offering you something for you to bring to them. So like, make sure that thing that you're bringing to them, your talent, you know, character, hard work is like all intact, so that's my first thing like going into the process just make sure that your mindset is right and that you're you're in control and being internally um, focused on your craft will be the best way for that first offer to come in and it comes in different we'll touch on when you know different offers may come in like for example um, I got my first scholarship offer going into my ninth grade year so I know a lot of these things you know, maybe the mindset of going after it is unique to me. I mean, I didn't play down to high school without a scholarship offer, but at the same time, I wasn't really focused on getting offers. Like I was focused on (laughs) getting better (laughs) every single time. Like, you know, I remember going through the camp circuit at one point and, and I talk about the Twitter thing and other people seeing offers. Like I remember it being a big deal. Um, uh, when Michigan was recruiting me. And uh, I mean, Terrell, Terrell Austin was one of the first guys from there that was recruiting me. And I ended up going up to camp and, you know, there was a school in Glenville and Cleveland. You know, everybody knew that, you know, Michigan as a standard. They didn't offer guys until later, you know, as a, a junior. So I'm thinking it's all gravy that I don't have an offer. So I'm like still focusing, like I said, on myself and what I need to do. And I got there and I met another 10th grader, you know, it was from Cleveland and I found out they offered him. You know, lo and behold, I started worrying about like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Like, what what am I doing? Why not me? What's this? And like, like kind of lost track of my focus in that pers- like specific camp. I remember that being in the back of my mind, like they offered him. The next thing I know, I wasn't worried about like what I was doing. I still performing well. I ran, you know, four, three, six at the camp, got put in the top group or whatever the case may be, but you know. It was just a solid day at the at the at the camp, and I just remember that it was like the first time feeling like, "Wait, you all for him and not me," <laughs> and uh, I can see it happening when I'm when I was at Penn State recruiting guys. Now, like when they're going through the process, and a lot of stress that's coming from is measuring yourself up against other players that are going through the process, and that's just a recipe for disaster, right? They say comparison is the thief of joy. Well, that was just kind of not the thief of joy, but. Just kind of stay get you all focused. So that's my my first tidbit. Second one is like the camp circuit and getting to know the coaches, right? Like so the camp circuit is a very I could say it's intricate, right? You have you have campus or university camps where the schools putting on camps, we have local um showcase camps in different areas where they'll say they'll send your information out to coaches and personnel guys. Um, There's a lot of different platforms. Nike camps, always good. Uh, Under Armour camps that, you know, that they send the official measurements and the, the official measurements and all the film to schools that subscribe to the different services and all that. And I think that, I mean, when you get a chance to go to those elite camps and compete uh, with other top end players take every opportunity. Um, you got to go looking for the smoke when it comes to like the camp circuit, camp circuit, don't hide, don't do anything. And that's one of the biggest things. Um, one of the main indicators, I think that helps a recruit in the eyes of a coaching staff. And when I say going to the camps and obviously preparing against the night camps and things of that nature. But you want to get to university camps, right? You want to get in front of coaching staffs that are going to be coaching you. Um, you know, there's different ones. You can go to smaller school camps that have bigger, uh, have larger universities attending, larger coaching staffs or whatever the case may be. But that camp circuit is very important to get to start knowing the staffs that you're that you may play for. Remember what I was talked about in the first point was like, you're going through this process, evaluating the schools, so you're evaluating the schools, you're evaluating the coaches, you're evaluating what's best for you and how you coach. Maybe, maybe you're sensitive. Maybe you can't take a coach yelling at you or, you know, embarrassing you in front of somebody. And you probably should figure that out at camp. They're not only there to evaluate you, you should be there evaluating them at camp um, or just seeing where you fit. I'm not saying go to camp and just be looking at a coach like, hey, you said do this wrong. Hey, you say do that. But go there with your eyes open, uh, ready to compete, put on a show, and get to know the staff. And like really use it as a time to learn about everybody. And not just your position coach or your recruiting coach. Because like those guys, the biggest thing that you want going through the recruiting process is you want a consensus within the building. You know, there's a lot of times where you, you know, guys fall in love with one coach and they don't talk to anybody else. And, and that can cause, you know, there's different theories on how different staffs approach that. But I'm always of the, I'm always the advocate of, you know, getting to know everybody on the staff. You kind of get a feel for what the complete staff's about. Get to know the ops guys, get to know <clears throat> some of the GAs, get to know some of the other coaches. Because when it comes time, uh, to make a decision on what offers stand and who's taking, um, what scholarship you want a consensus on your side. Like you want people to you want people to know who you are. They want to be comfortable with you. Uh, they want to see like your growth potential. That's why I think it's big getting to camps early. Um, going into your ninth grade, get on college camps radar. Go to the four uh, schools in your surrounding area. Meet the coaches. Introduce yourself to all the coaches. You know, sometimes. Um, when you get there, they will take your measurements. And at that point, just know when you go there, like there's a, there's a benefit to going early, but if there's a, there's a a big disruption, if you go early and aren't prepared, because like what you don't want to do is, you know, sometimes size is a big thing when you're younger. So like schools don't hold that against you, but if you go and you perform athletically horribly, like, you know, that's sometimes you have three years to take it off of you, but, or like to change the way that a school may look at you. But, um, you have three years to change it, but you still don't want to start from behind the eight ball. So like, that's why I always say when guys are going to camps and I've talked about it on the previous episode or the first episode, like I always, you know, I always live by the speed brings opportunities. Easy way, easiest way to go through the recruiting process or go to camps and get an offer. If it's just, you know, get your first offer easiest way run fast. Run fast, learn how to run, get on the track. Cause like that's a situation where you're young and you get up there, you're ahead of the curve. Like we're just looking for traits when you get in the when you're getting to camp in ninth grade. All right. Like you're looking for elite traits. Um, you might not be the best football player. I say this all the time to guys, you know, when it's like, oh I'm a but I'm a ball player. I do this, and four, you do don't mean nothing. Like we've never offered slow players. We've offered fast average players, but never Slow average players like just it, it just typically doesn't happen, not at a power file level. Maybe there's a place for it, but you know, one of the easiest ways to get opportunity or get on you know coach's radar is have some verified times, whether it's at a you know Nike camp, uh, rivals, um, under armor, all those different guys, all those different camps. But you want to get to um, university camps. I really believe getting in front of the coaches, having a discussion at a young age. That's how a relationship is starting to, to build. That's the that's the whole thing of this recruiting process is building that relationship. You want the coaches to be comfortable with you. You want the coaches to be comfortable with your parents and you want to be comfortable at the school. So when you get there, you're hitting the ground running and you're not trying to figure it out or see what the next step is. Like You want to feel comfortable at the school that you're going to. I understand that the Transfer rules are in here now and you know, but switching schools is is tough. Like going into a new culture and um transitioning always has some bumps and bruises. So the biggest thing again, going through the camp circuit is go to camp, prepare. The first impressions last, right? Like you're going through this thing and I'm thinking for a ninth grade, tenth grade or eleventh grade, like it's a three to four year process of evaluating each other. Again, recap, speed brings opportunities. Please don't go to camp and run slow. If you are going to run slow, I mean, I was the guy at camp for the guys that didn't want to run because it was like, oh, I did this, X, Y. I'm telling the coaches, like, they're slow. Um, And I'm trying everything to not, (laughs) you know, not take you, if I'm going to be honest. So I'm being serious when I say, you know, when you go to camp, be ready to run and show out, and if you're not like you know, be ultra competitive in one on ones because again, the first impression lasts, and uh, you want that time to really show your competitive nature, how you operate off. It's like the one few few times when you visit the school, where the staff and you get a three sixty view of kind of how things will operate because you're you're on the field. There's not another time where you can go to a campus and enter and Exchange words with the coach, see the whole um experience and play at the same time, right? When you're going to a game, you're just watching, and it's just kind of show bunch, you know, show and funny show, you know, that whole thing. But what I can't, you're coming, it's it's like an interview. It's an interview both ways. So that's what I would uh suggest for this second part of you know the aspect of when you should get an offer or how to approach getting an offer, make sure the camp circuit is something that's, you know, high on your list and that you're prepared for and take it serious because there's a lot of evaluations that go there. I've seen guys, um, start their careers and get some love early. And, you know, they go with a different level of confidence because they're not looking for offers later. You know, they have good relationships. Coaches know who they are, but a lot of times that happens from going to camp, going into ninth grade year, going into 10th grade year, and I understand there's different sacrifices that need to be made, but like go to local schools where bigger or larger universities um, may be attending and show out. And so with that, so just again, you know, the first thing is the mindset. Remember, you're going through this thing, got four years to pick one school. The second part is the camp circuit. Get to it early, get there prepared, run fast, be ready to compete build the relationship with the entire staff, get to know each school. Like, is that the fit for you? Because you want the staff to want you, you don't want just one coach to want you, even when you do get that offer, like the offer is one thing, but you want to get to a situation where you can succeed and maximize um, your opportunities for success. And so the last thing that I would say when this whole thing we're just talking about, you know, when should you expect your first offer? I guess we'll get into kind of what type of player you are and I guess when you should expect that offer. Um, So the last thing is the film. Everything we're talking about, you know, mindset, going to the, you know, pajama Olympics through camp circuits and, you know, the interview process. But again, the film is the thing that lasts and Helps your stock go up and down on the times when you're not talking. Never forget about the eye in the sky. It doesn't lie. You know, just want to make sure that you're not getting caught up in everything else through the recruiting process and forget to ball. Um, you know, you'll see different players getting offered at different levels. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they'll have ultra success of a guy gets offered in ninth grade doesn't mean he'll be better than a player that's offered in 12th grade. That's a late bloomer. And I'll give some examples of some players like, uh, you know, going through ninth, 10th and 11th grade that 12th grade that maybe started picking up offers and when they were noticed and different things of that nature. So when you think about ninth grade players that get offers, um, you know, and for your ninth graders out there that do get a chance to get on the field you get an offer in ninth grade, that school probably thinks you're elite of the elite, right? So don't be hard on yourself if you play your ninth grade year and you don't get an offer, But If you do get a chance to get out there in ninth grade, you know, you want to get on the field and play fearless. Elite guys will get offered. Elite traits and outlier size are the things when, that we're looking for when we're watching a ninth grader in film, right? Like for example, Micah Parsons, if you watch his ninth grade film. I mean, he had outlier size, elite trade speed, everything. You can you can kind of you kind of see it early um, with some players. Um, there's some offensive linemen that you may see that. Uh, I remember Jack Sawyer. His ninth grade tape. It was the way he played. It was he played with a reckless a reckless abandonment. He was bigger than your average ninth grader, and like just some of those things that you start to see from those ninth graders uh it's more about the way they play right like they're not a they're not a complete product but there's elite traits outlier size that you're kind of looking for so in ninth grade like the biggest thing i think that if you can control what you can control you can't always control your traits or your size but the biggest thing if you do get a chance to get on the field make sure that you prepare yourself to play fearless because like that's when those different type of offers or you'll get noticed um in ninth grade or say guys that you know get offers in ninth grade. Um, got my offer again to going into my ninth grade year, but I can admit that it wasn't based on film. It was based on an elite trait that they saw up close and personal on the camp circuit. And I kind of um, submitted with the film, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of the ninth grade um, sector ever. So when you get to 10th grade, you get an offer in 10th grade. It's you got to think of yourself as, being at ahead of the curve for an underclassman, and all these different grade levels aren't checkpoints, but they are right. Like there's not saying that you should get an offer in ninth grade; you should get an offer in tenth grade. Eleventh grade is probably the majority. Um, is the area where the majority of players get highly like start to get recruited from majority of like from most schools because you know their 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 film kind of picks up. They're a little bit bigger. They're upperclassmen. They look you know. D1 players kind of stick out, you know, college players, they'll stick out Um, in 11th grade or that's the majority. But like when we get to 10th grade. It's not to say that if you don't have an offer in any of these grade levels, it's just kind of saying what you need to focus on and in these level at these levels. And when you're seeing offers from other people that are getting these other people, like your peers that are getting offers in these, I mean, these schools are kind of viewing them in that light and that kind of helps you you know, going through the process. Um, so in 10th grade, just remember, you want to be ahead of the curve as an underclassman. You want to play fast and compete in everything that you do, right? Looking to make spl- splash plays because <laughs> as an underclassman that's making splash plays and kind of playing above the line, it kind of gives a certain um, tell to like, I guess, a recruiting staff, whatever the case may be, because you're still playing the development game and you realize, okay, this person has two more years, it's like a 15 year old, and they're doing this that with like older kids, again, when we start talking about percentages, not many do that. So like if you do get an offer, you know, in the 10th grade, that's typically ahead of the curve for underclassmen. And how to do that is playing fast and competing at a high level and making splash plays. So that's kind of the the group that you'll see in 10th grade, um, receiving offers typically after, you know, mid season to later in the season and things of that nature. Um, And so 11th grade is where, you know, everybody understands, you know, okay, this is a top player in the area. You know, the majority of players start to get offered here. I mean, as a recruiting coordinator, this is one of the, you know, it's one of the times where I like to look at the transition from a 10th grader to 11th grade and kind of tells a story about what a guy might be in 12th grade, right? Because if you get a guy, maybe a 9th, 10th grade, that's just kind of playing and just going crazy and it's like kind of coming from like an underdog standpoint, if I'm viewing the film, like they're overachieving, they're overachieving because they're an underclassman. There's a click that needs to make, you know, that typically happens just from an age standpoint when guys get to 11th grade, you know, you're an upperclassman, you're, you're older, you're than most guys. And there's a transition from like being the small dog that's competing with the bigger ones. That's like, okay, I can dominate now. So like what I always love to see is that transition from the 10th grade. Cause there's a little bit of a, you know, a growth bet on the 10th grader, right? He's ahead of the curve, but there's still some question marks and make splash plays, but they're still like, I don't really know. But 11th grade, they get a little bit bigger, they get a little bit stronger. You start seeing the confidence evolve, like the ones that are confident, their game will pick up like a, a different way. They'll start trying different things on the field um, with pure confidence, right? Not like goofing around or doing stuff, but like you can tell that they feel like they're playing with little boys. Like the, the film changes, like, okay, They've arrived. They recognize that. You see some people where they don't take that jump, right? They can see a uh, oversized underclassman that gets a whole lot of offers. And the next year, they just kind of plateau. And it's just like the 11th grade year, they're kind of doing the same things. And you just start questioning, like, all right, well, if this is, if that's that, I mean, where we're going? Like, this whole thing that we're talking about is Blue Chip Academy, like how to continuously, you know, become a desirable asset and keep moving up and not hitting those plateaus and not going down. And if you do hit a plateau, when the pivot and make those adjustments to continue to, to continue to ascend. So like, again, 11th grade gets kind of tough because it's like everybody is kind of hitting their peak. Players are popping up all over the place. Guys that didn't have a chance, maybe that you saw as 10th grade, or maybe had a shot and you got to see them through camp and they weren't fast enough in their film just takes that step up. I think that 11th grade year is gets tricky for recruiters and players In in general, because if you don't get an offer in 11th grade, that's when I really see, um, you know, players and parents really start to get nervous and kind of, you know, going all over, looking for the answers to try to get, um, to get the opportunity to play at the next level. And, you know, sometimes not focusing on their craft and continue to, you know, do your thing can hurt you at that standpoint. So we get to 12th grade, we think about the late bloomers. Um, Sometimes, I mean, guys are late bloomers for different reasons. And even when I'm talking about all these different levels of schools, like elite of elite, you know, every school is going to have their different, you know, ranking system or however they approach it, right? Like I bet, like a max school, I don't know how many ninth graders they are offering because I don't know if they're going to, you know, if they find someone elite of elite in ninth grade, they Probably will feel they'll lose them to a bigger school later. So there's a lot of guys, you know, like max schools and smaller schools that start recruiting late bloomers, guys that maybe you know don't fall for the big offers that come in late, and whatever the case may be. So like the schools, you know, I'm not speaking for every school. I'm speaking when I was at a power five school. This is kind of how I viewed it. And when you're just thinking of, you know, from the perspective of power five playoffs, you know, top ten schools this is how I would look at it, but that's bound to change. If you're Ivy league, they start recruiting later, 11th, 12th grade and things of that nature, FCS and JUCO. That's um, again, not pinpoint elite schools. I would go with that, but in 12th grade, late bloomers at power five schools, you typically don't see those, right? Like if you're doing your homework and you're, you're scouring in, in the the place or your recruiting area for the right players, and checking up, um, like the the camp and the numbers, and continuing to evaluate your film of your hot spots, your hot uh, recruiting areas. I mean, most late bloomers, uh most late bloomers go to you know, I can't even say they go to a certain school. Late bloomers, for example, Christian Barmore, right? Everybody knows Christian Barmore for from new England, but we, uh, I remember I was talking about Christian Barmore and it was it like his film that came out that when he started getting all his offers was a senior year. It was like, Oh, here's a senior, you know, you stop, you know, our class is typically filled. Um, uh, we we'll probably have like two or three spots by the time that last year goes into. It. And then there's the tackle from Philadelphia comes up with his, with the film, uh, that was just, just like just violent. It was amazing. And which is like, who is this guy? Like he's in Philly. Wait, he was a camp, and it was just like, oh, it's it's a late bloomer, and you see it so rarely that you start questioning what you're seeing. Like, wait, like how did I, how did I miss this? Like it's, and then you know, you you go through the recruiting process at that point, and then you know, you try to recruit, and those things happen from time to time. Like late bloomers come out and typically go to smaller schools, and you know, continue to progress at that standpoint, but you know, like late bloomers do still go big time. Late bloomers become elite. Like I said, like Christian Barmer is a perfect example. I mean, it didn't, took, took four again, three, four games of a senior year in high school. to know, Oh, I don't care if this kid played one down football ever again, like he's elite. <laughs> and, and that's just kind of like how it, how it transpires for a lot of different players. So just remember going through the recruiting process, everybody has a different journey. So just continue to keep sharpening and keep sharpening your tools and your skill set. Remember that you can only go to one school. So like that should take a little bit of pressure off. Don't chase the game of, I got an offer, I got 60 offers, I'm doing this. So it's not really the value and what it is. The value that you have is like finding the right spot for you. So having, so knowing that everyone has a different journey, again, keep sharpening. You can only go to one school. And that's, um kind of where we will leave leave it at uh, we're discussing you know when you should expect your first offer a lot of it has to do with you and how you play the game um, see you guys next time class is dismissed thank you for tuning in to this episode of Blue Chip Academy to help navigate the recruiting waters LIG Sports Group put together a Blue Chip Recruiting Checklist Download your checklist at LIGsports.com Blue Chip Academy to ensure you're making informed decisions through this process. Hit subscribe and check out the LIG Sports Group Football Ops Recruiting YouTube channel, where we'll talk about the recruiting and other critical points in the football ecosystem. If you're feeling stressed, confused, or just want to help putting together a Blue Chip Blueprint for you and your son, don't hesitate to book a console call with me at LIGsports.com backslash Blue Chip Academy. Remember, everyone has a different journey. Keep sharpening and remember that you can only go to one school. Just make sure that you have your blue chip blueprint together and execute it. Life is good.